Today, as we listen for God's word, we do so through the stories of many of God's sacred people. Throughout the reading, you will intermittently be prompted to respond with the words, greetings, favored ones. The words will appear on the screen when it's time. Hear now the word of, of the Lord. I began to see a woman at the corner of Loop 360 and Bee Caves Road here in Austin years ago. She was homeless, and she stood on that corner flying a sign in hopes of collecting enough money for food or to pay for a cheap bed for the night. I wasn't sure what to do as I passed her on my way to work day after day. Finally, one day, I realized I couldn't just keep driving by her and doing nothing. I rolled down my window and introduced myself and asked her what her name was. We began to have 45-second conversations most mornings as I waited for the light to change, and a friendship grew. When you know someone's name, that changes everything. They are no longer a stranger. Eventually, I invited her to meet my family and have dinner with us. That led to many dinners and events spent together. She even began to go to church with us. Today, she is no longer homeless. She has a permanent home at the Community First Village. She works and is surrounded by a community that cares about her. I'm Kent, and my friend's name is Emily. Greetings, I am a Democrat. I was running against a Republican for the seat of the Vermont House of Representatives this last election. My opponent and I agreed, disagreed on a lot of issues, but he and I were both tired of all the divisiveness. We agreed to keep things civil. We never attacked each other's character, and we didn't make it personal, and we never got nasty. Instead, we ended our debates by sharing with the audience one of the things that we have in common. We're both musicians. I play cello, and my opponent plays guitar. We performed a duet together that ended with a standing ovation. Some of the people who were there ended up putting campaign signs in their yards for the both of us. My name is Lucy Rogers, and my esteemed political opponent is Zach Mayo. Greetings, favored ones. I am a political refugee from the Republic of the Congo. My very pregnant wife and I had to leave our home in the Republic of Congo because it was no longer safe for us to be there. Our journey to the United States was long and difficult. One part of the journey required that we walk for many days and weeks before arriving at the U.S. border. When we finally arrived, we first lived in La Posada Providencia in San Benito and then in Posada Esperanza. The WUMC welcome team with Austin allies through Refugee Services of Texas helped settle us in a new home here in Austin. Now we live in an apartment surrounded by a community of people from many places around the world who have warmly welcomed us. Our names are Fernando and Bernice, and we worshiped with you last Sunday. Our son Adonis was born healthy and is growing strong and making friends as we wait. I was so young when I got pregnant, just a girl. I was scared because I was engaged and the child was not his. I didn't know if he would stand by me. He wasn't sure at first either. In fact, at first he planned to break it off. He's a kind man. He would have done everything he could to protect me and my reputation, but the situation was overwhelming and he was confused. I don't blame him. 
God found ways to reassure both of us, though. An angel came to see us and explained that the child had been conceived in me by the Holy Spirit. It was God's child, and he would save God's people. My fiancé decided to honor his commitment to me, and he even found the courage and the love to accept the child and raise him as his own. Still, we would have to be careful. There would be questions. There would be danger. My name is Mary, and the man who is now my husband is Joseph. We named God's child Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. As those you have set apart, help us to see all of your people as sacred. Hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Well, I finally got up the nerve to watch the movie The Shack. The book is one of my favorites, and I have been dying to see the movie ever since it came out. But I was terrified of going to the movie theater to watch it because I was pretty sure that I would cry. And one of those really ugly, snotty cries. And I did not want to embarrass myself or my family. If you don't know the story, it's about this man named Mac, who he loses his elementary-aged daughter in this fluke moment when he's not watching and a a serial killer grabs her. Well, it cripples Mac's already fragile faith. So the rest of the movie is all about how he is transformed when he experiences something miraculous that causes him to be able to grow in faith and trust and love of God more deeply than he's ever been able to do before. I love the way the story portrays God. God, we learn through the story, goes to extraordinary lengths to save each and every person. And one of the ways that God does this is by presenting God's self in forms that are helpful to the individual given their personal life story and their circumstances. Mac, the main character, he grew up with an abusive dad. So encountering God as father wasn't helpful to him at all. So one of the ways that God shows up for Mac is as a black woman who had been somebody who'd been particularly kind to him and had brought a lot of comfort to him as a child. God tells Mac, I'm especially fond of you. I always have been. Well, Mac's a little bit befuddled by that. Of course, he's deeply honored. It brings a lot of hope to his heart. And he even dares to wonder for just a moment, could it be that I'm one of God's favorites? Well, it doesn't take long before he realizes that God says this a lot. He says it about everybody. And I mean every single body. God is especially fond of Mary. Greetings, favored one. The angel Gabriel says this to Mary. The Lord is with you. Well, I think she's probably just as confused as Mac when she first encounters God so personally. She doesn't know what to think. Why should she be favored? Well, come to find out, 
God's idea of favor is to conceive in her a child that is not Joseph's, the one that she's engaged to be married to. And this is a problem because in her day and time, if you were found to be pregnant out, uh, outside of marriage, you could be stoned to death for that. Well, it turns out that God's especially fond of Joseph, too. And he reassures him that the child is indeed holy. Mary has not been unfaithful to him and convinces Joseph that it will be a huge blessing to raise God's child as his own. There are a lot of favored people mentioned even in just this one short reading from the Gospel of Luke about Mary's encounter with an angel. In addition to the holy couple, we hear about King David, from whom Joseph is descended. We hear about one of the patriarchs of the faith, Jacob, over whose house this holy child will rule forever. And we hear about Elizabeth. She is the one who gives birth to John the Baptist, the one who will announce the coming of our Savior. On and on and on, all throughout Scripture, we hear over and over again about all the people whom God favors. In fact, in both Matthew and Luke, they begin with these epic accounts of the lineage of Jesus. In Matthew, the account goes all the way back to Abraham, and in Luke, it goes even beyond that all the way to Adam, a line leading all the way back to the beginning of creation that recounts the names of one person after another, after another, after another, all of them sacred. Both Israelites and those who are not Israelites, women and men, some who are so famous or maybe infamous that we instantly recognize their names, and then others we have no idea who they are. We think we've never heard of them before. There are many invisible people along the way, all necessary and essential, who make it possible for the birth of the one for whom we wait during this season of Advent. And all of them, every single one, have had their moments of extreme faithfulness and moments that weren't so faithful. Apparently, you don't have to be perfect to be sacred, to be set up, thank you, to be set apart as holy. Almost every Tuesday at 3.30 in the afternoon, Diana and Frank, our praise band leader, and Megan and I get together to talk about upcoming worship. We want to finalize details, that sort of thing. Well, a few weeks ago, as we began to talk about this particular service and wonder about sacred people, Frank asked a question that has stuck with me over these last several weeks. He said, who is it that sets us apart? Who makes us sacred? I thought it was an excellent question because... As much as we try very hard to make ourselves sacred, as much as we try to follow all the rules, to obey all the commandments, to follow and practice all of the spiritual practices of our faith, to serve others, all the things we do to try and make ourselves sacred, to make ourselves worthy, to be in God's presence, we're broken and we live in a broken world and it's hard to sustain that 
all the time. Among those who are listed in Matthew and Luke's genealogies are people who are adulterers, who are prostitutes, murderers. But it seems like God, God does not define us by our worst moments. Thank God. Apparently God defines us by our best moments. God seeks out and notices our greatest qualities, our more faithful actions. And I am so grateful for that. Because as much time as we spend individually and collectively as the people of God throughout history, as much time as we have spent being less than faithful, if salvation depended completely upon our actions, the future would not be hopeful. But I think Frank's right. I think it's God who makes us holy. And with that comes some responsibility because as God's holy people, we are called to treat all people as sacred. All of God's people. It reminds me of the welcoming statement that we recently discussed as, as a congregation in our small groups and that we will be adopting. We love and accept and welcome all of God's people Regardless of age, race, gender identity, ethnicity, sexual orientation, marital status, economic standing, education level, political affiliation, physical and mental capacity, national origin, the lists could go on and on and on. All of God's people, period. Because God is especially fond of each and every one of us. We know this. We've been given this great good news. And just like Mr. Rogers says, we look for the helpers. We need to be the helpers. We need to be the ones who share this excellent good news with all those we meet. Because there are people who don't know this. There are people who have never been told that they are loved by God or anyone else for that matter. There are people who have no idea how great their worth is. No clue. And they won't know unless we share it with them, unless we treat them that way. We are each of us favored, despite our best attempts to escape God's love. In the Son of the Most High, God saves God's people from their sin. All that separates us from God is cleared away that we might be set apart, reside and abide in God's presence made holy. In Christ, we are God's sacred people. This past Tuesday, I believe it was, we had charge conference here in this room and our district superintendent, Teresa Wellborn, was here. And she shared some thoughts with us um, during that evening. And one of the things she talked a lot about was how she continues to stay in love with God. And she asked us the same question. How are you staying in love with God? What practices, what experiences are connecting you? And she said that one of the things that she's reminded of over and over again is that because we all belong to God, we also all belong to each other. We belong to each other. 
I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Greetings, favored one. Turn to somebody else near you and say, God is especially fond of you. <laughs> Sam's enthusiasm. Love it. As you came in today, you should have received a little tattoo that says sacred. It's a temporary tattoo. Don't be scared. Um, in your worship guide, there are instructions on how to apply it and how to get it off, in case you're wondering. And I invite each and every one of you to apply that and to wear it this week as a reminder to yourself and to those who may notice it that not only are you sacred, but those you meet are. It can remind us also to tell others. Mine's right here. I suggest you find a place without a lot of hair to stick it. <laughs> As those who are sacred, beloved, as those in whom God delights, we are called to see all people as beloved and sacred. So I say to you, greetings, favored one. God is especially fond of you. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.